Take it to the, take it to the top. Take it to the top. You gotta believe me. Take it to the, take it to the, take it to the top. We'll take it to the top. Uh, I made you. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing the show. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 87737-GRIND. All right, so back to the committee, or the playoff format before we go. Okay, so what we've established is that uh, the committee is still going to have their vote on where they think the rankings are every week, like they've been doing. The rankings are very key still. Yeah. So um, what we know is the the best conference champions with the highest ranking, best records are going to get up for well, grabs for the four. Don't, don't put records into this. It's not about records. It's about ranking. But I but I think and it's about there there are only two factors that come into play here. Ranking and conference champion. All right? To be one of the to be one of the four, or sorry, the five, the five in the 5 plus 7, the five highest ranking conference champions. Right, but I but I, I get what you're saying the 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 exact letter law, but but if you look at it like nobody that has three losses is going to be ranked higher than a team that only has one or two. I don't care what conference you're in. We could see it, well, but but wins and losses play into the factor because well, Alabama had two. One, well, they had one loss this year, right? Or did they have two? No, they had one. Just one there. So. Um, but we we but have yes. a situation to where we could see a two loss team be ranked higher than a one loss team. We could see. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, that's that's. So I that's mean, why that I don't want. Common. That's why I don't. I don't want to put wins and losses into this because that muddies the the formula. That's why. All right. So this is about two factors. It's about being a conference champion and your ranking. So the f- the five. Spot the 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 five conference or uh, that again that for anybody coming back here from break. <laughs> All right, right again, right from the college football playoff. The college football playoff board of managers unanimously revised the qualifying criteria for the twelve team playoff to now include the five highest ranked conference champions plus the seven highest ranked teams, as determined by the college football playoff selection committee. All right. Under the 12 team format that begins this fall, the four highest ranked conference champions will be seated 1 through 4, and each of the top each of those four will receive a first round bye, while teams seated 5, which 5 still has to be a high ranked conference champion, mm-hmm. will uh the I lost my spot here. While teams seeded 5 through 12 will play each other in the first round of the home field of the higher-ranked team. They go on to say here in parentheses, the team ranked number 5 will host number 12, number 6 will host number 11, number 7 will host number 10, number 8 will host number 9. And so, therefore, stop right there. So what we've learned so far is what they've solved is because, remember, the biggest debate was when it was a 14 playoff, you have five power conferences, but you only got four spots. So even and we with no the, longer have five power right. co- five power conferences well, because, because the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 right. has fallen down to two teams, right. which is why they had to revise their format here. 
Well, I think they revised the format even if Pac-12 wouldn't have dissolved. It was going to be that because the biggest debate has been the biggest thing about the flawed quote-unquote system of the 14 playoffs was you had only four slots, but you had five power conferences. So regardless if the Pac-12 dissolved or not, because it, my, my predictions are still going to morph into two big super conferences in the next two to three years, maybe four. Right. But if that that prediction ends up not being right, what's going to happen? There's going to be another there's going to be another conference formed to either quote unquote replace the Pac-12, either the new Pac-10 or eight. And it's going to fill up where the visual is you got five power conferences. So they have solved that with that whole debate. Now, part two of what we learned, what you just broke down when we talk about the five matchups and going there is now that we know in those early, whether you want to call them like wild card rounds or round one, that there will be a home field advantage factor. It won't be a neutral site, which I kind of like that. You know, I'm all, you know, I'm not saying that I'm against neutral sites, but I think when you're talking about the landscape of the playoffs, and since this is really getting into pro football type of style type of situation now you have it to where outside of those four teams that have a buy now the next reward is the home field advantage so you will get a playoff game you know in your building if you're the higher seed and you've earned that so i like that aspect to it as and, well and number five again will have been a conference champion mm-hmm. um so six will host without being a conference champion mm-hmm. um the quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in the new york six new year's six bowl games all right the national championship will continue to be at a neutral site no conference will qualify automatically and there will be no limit on the number of participants from a conference Hmm. Um, and that little nugget right there, you can call that that's the SEC rule, you know, because they wanted to make it be clear well, that SEC before we- slash Big Ten. I mean, those are your two super conferences. USC now joining the Oregon now joining the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State. Penn State's been up there. That's true, Jonas. But when we talk about the actual champions other than this past year with Michigan the pushback has been about the SEC trying to make it an all SEC final four two teams to the SEC so it's an SEC rule I I mean but it's a good I mean at least they're putting it out there and you're right it it could be the Big Ten one year or some years has four three four teams Uh, but like I said until make no mistake about it when we the Big Ten is still Michigan Ohio State and um, well, it's USC, <laughs> it's Oregon now, now, now it's Washington uh, uh, now. Now, until further notice, I, I get what you're saying. Technically, there is now, but the Big Ten as we know it, and we know we're getting new participants, has really just been a, a two-headed race anyway. Okay, but the bottom line, back to the format. I like the idea of that early round game being a situation where you have a home field advantage for some universities. I think that's big. And another thing they've done, which which was the big, because see, I'm the reason why I'm doing this, and I want to break this down because I remember all the why we couldn't do this and what if we do do this, what hurts or whatever. That's been going on for the last eight to ten years. And now that they rolled it out and it's unanimously voted on, yes, it also what they've been able to accomplish. Because it's always been about, two not use, losing the integrity of the bowl games and the money, which it comes down to money. So the fact that they let it be known the New Year's Six games are still going to be included for those, you know, what, at that time it would be the semifinals, I guess, at that time? Uh, the 
uh, the quarterfinals the quarter, and semifinals. So the quarters and semis that will you be still played in the New York New Year's Six Bowl. So games. they still get the rotation, whether it's the Sugar Bowl, you know, the Rose Bowl. So that that kind of they they accomplished that by keeping that intact. Um, but to, go ahead. Well, now where you, where all this comes into play, if you're ready to talk Notre Dame. Did you have another point to finish before no, we go no, Notre no, Dame? No, 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 no. I just, no, go ahead. Okay, Notre Dame, the best that, because they're not a conference, in a conference, uh-huh. they won't be a conference champion, the highest they could rank in this playoff structure, not rankings, but rank in the playoff structure, is to be the number six team. Huh. Because the top five spots are reserved for the highest ranking conference champions. Yeah, um, and honestly, I don't have a problem with that. Because at the end of the day, Notre Dame is electing to stay this way. That's up to them. It's just very They're, like 1765 join or die. <laughs> 13, the 13 colonies, uh, you know, when they're, you have the separated snake and all that join or die. They're amen. saying, get on with the conference. They're late. I mean, either you want to keep with the tradition, okay, Touchdown Jesus and Joe Montana <clears throat> put up more like Rudiker here and Rudy. Either you want to keep up with that because I mean hell, I was I was I'd heard this morning. Uh, I think it was I think it was uh, Mad Dog that told Stephen A. I mean the truth of it is you look at it, they've I mean the Cowboys have won a championship a Super Bowl before even the last time Notre Dame won one in the eighties, and I understand the Catholics. The, the it's up there, the money. Uh, this is force feeding them what you should have done already. They've had conferences constantly come after them wanting them to join, but they've turned their nose up to it. We'll sit here because we're independent. Like I said, credit to them, they were the first ones with their own TV network before it became sexy. Before we even before the B word was starting to pour out from money for the difference of these conferences and the building rights to go ahead and cover these games. Notre Dame with NBC was ahead of the curve. But what have they done lately? So I have no problem with them getting their arm twisted to be like, okay, you know, then come, then, then what you going to do? Then join one, join the ACC, your, your basketball, your swim team, your tennis team. They're already in it. Come on with the football side. It ain't like they're just sitting there. It ain't like they're the situation that Oregon State was in. You know, Oregon State is just getting momentum for the last few years in their program. And then all of a sudden, because they've had bad, uh, the previous commissioner to this current one was just horrible and let the conference go down to, you know what, now he has, they have to pay for it. So they ain't in the Oregon State situation. They've had an opportunity. So I don't feel bad for them. Not at all. Um, but look, it's better than what we had. Um I don't think you can never say never, but I don't think it's a situation that we'll come to four years from now and saying like 12 is not enough. Uh, You know, I really don't think so, because I can't think, you know, just from a logic standpoint and a games played and this is still college football. I can't see him ever expanding to this much more games than what it is right now. You know, it's it's different. It's never going to be a, you know, March Madness fill of 64, whatever we had to do. And keep in mind with that, too, we kind of added on to that. You know, we had the play-in game. We created the play-in game, all that. But I, I kind of, so far from what I'm hearing, I like it. 
I mean, it should be. It's. I thought it was never going to get here. It's crazy that this is rolling out this season uh, because we've been talking about this stuff for like the last five, six years, um, which I think it was voted on about three years ago, and then they expedited the start of it. 877-37-GRIND. So there you go. The college football uh, playoff new format is rolled out. Uh, keeping it moving and moving along, uh, there's some other things to get to. Of course, we can go ahead and transition – um, uh, to the NFL. But before we do this, uh, speaking of college, uh, we had a big upset last night in college basketball. Uh, you had UConn, which you've heard me talk quite a bit, them up quite a bit over the last couple weeks. Uh, they go down to Creighton and get beat down 85 to 66. Okay. Uh, winners over the number one team in the country and the defending champs, uh, the Yukon Huskies. Um, any given night, um, I've been telling you, this is, you know, been upset city. Um, no one looked at Creighton, been able to give them a beat down like this. Um, but I still feel that UConn is the best team in the country. Um, not taking anything away from Creighton, but I don't think UConn, if you get beat like that, maybe you're just smelling your own piss too much and you're hearing too much of people like Calvin talk about it and pat you on the back saying you're the best team in the country when you get a lopsided victory like the, uh, a beat down like this. Uh, but really the uh, story of this one is really what took place after the game when you have Dan Hurley, the head coach of UConn, uh, that got into it with a fan. Um, now, granted, what took place last night, the student body rushed the court, okay? And I've been on this talk with rushed the court. These are one of those that I understand that. Like, you know, this is the number one team in the country. They're the defending champions. And not only that, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right on this. I don't think in Creighton basketball history they ever beat a number one seed before. So you can understand fans and the student body rushing the court on this one now with that said there's a video that has surfaced because when i read this but before i saw the video when they say hey you know hurley gets into it with the fan i'm thinking like okay of course he's pissed off he just got his ass whooped but yet and still he's trying to leave the court he bumps into a fan uh, or a kid or student body rushing the court and they get into it no it actually shows hurley walking through the tunnel, and I guess there is a fan that's still or a student because Creighton made it be known. And this is another thing, too. I get it. But, like, you know, these young people who run these social media platforms for the universities, I mean, that always – and you know what? I can't even just say universities because it happens sometimes with professional teams as well. They always want to troll and they always want to put out stuff on their website and theirs. So it was put out on Creighton's website, and they let it be known that it was a student. That Hurley attack. But you see the video and Hurley's just telling things. I'll knock your ass out. I'll knock you out. And he's walking down the tunnel and then he somebody else says something to his left and then he just goes. Look, if you are a head coach of a Division I basketball program, no, you cannot talk to student body like that. You can't do that. But at the same time, when you create and you allow it, a chaotic atmosphere where you have students rushing the court and you have the heat of the moment of competition and you just got your ass roasted, it's a recipe to where some things could happen. And not only that, it just goes back to where we talk about this in the NBA when we see Russell Westbrook challenge and we talk about this. It's just we're in the time of it's the social media effect. 
People cannot turn it off and on to say I can conduct myself behind a keyboard at home or at work on my phone, on my device, and I can challenge somebody through Facebook on a post. I can challenge somebody through X slash Twitter or whatever, and I can come at them with a certain way because it's going to be words going back and forth. But the problem is those same people that feel like they can just say anything to anybody, those people cannot turn it off and on when they're in person, in live, and they're saying these things that basically is part of our culture now, the way we communicate with one another when there's wanting to be trash talk whether it wants to be troll so unfortunately like i said hurley caught himself up in it i'm pretty sure that he'll have to issue apology but other than that hats off to creighton uh they were able to get it done uh, i think the next time you see uconn is saturday night i think they play villanova if i'm not mistaken good luck to villanova because if that game's in uconn them coming off a loss they're probably going to try to uh ruck shop on those boys come saturday night uh what do you got it is at UConn, and then they follow that up um, about a week later on March 3rd, uh, UConn hosts Seton Hall. And, but it's Villanova Saturday night, right? Nova Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it happens. It's been the year of upsets uh, continue, and that's why March Madness, I mean, it's always crazy, but it could get really crazy uh, when you look at the number one seeds at the time when they've been number one where they go. Now, the one thing that will be interesting to me going into next week before we get ready for conference tournaments and all that, where were the AP, what will they do with UConn? How far would they drop UConn? Because this last Saturday, they put the beat down on number four Marquette and old shock my man shocker smart so we'll see how that plans out all right when we get back we'll surface uh surface in the nfl we've got some news and notes antonio pierce says he's got a patrick mahomes rule patrick mahomes also picked up by microphones during the celebration of the super bowl and i definitely want to talk about that as well too you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosecki's get a dose we are broadcasting for the maestro de bell tequila studios we'll be back Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Keep them in the clear view. 
and we finally did it. And here's to the ones with potential. To- All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing the show, spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pill and Whiskey. Pill and Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood Oregon's highest peak keep in mind Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich complex flavor and don't forget Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour which is the PBR Velocity Tour and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind 87737 Grind um Okay, so transitioning uh, into the National Football League. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll see. It's it's a bump in the road for UConn, but hats off to Creighton. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back on Saturday night. What do you got? When you talk about how that, the rankings could end up playing up, we do have one more matchup on March 6th between uh, Marquette and UConn. That one's going to be at Marquette. Yeah. So how far they – the question that you had is how far they dropped them after this loss – you go into two unranked teams, and then you get another top 10, at least at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, speaking of committees, it's going to be interesting to see how the committee does this on Selection Sunday, you know, who they use. Because usually by this time, you've had a clear cut to where you can, without the upsets um, prior going into last night, I would have said it's clear cut that UConn is going to be the number one overall seed. But it'll be interesting to me how the committee handles this when he does these seedings on Selection Sunday based on the number of upsets that we have had uh, over the course of this basketball season. But again, one and done. March Madness is not going to change the rules. So regardless of the seeding is, you still got to win those games uh, to get to the Final Four then cut down the nets. Uh, but transitioning into the NFL, okay, a uh, couple things that we've got going on. Um, Justin Fields, you know, it's crazy. I Like, you know, and I, I was on record saying, you know, before the offseason, and I was probably say week 13 of the season, even after week 17, I said, you know what? The story of the offseason is going to be what happens to Russell Wilson. Where is Russell Wilson going to play? And to be to be honest with you and to be, be to stand factually, um, and I understand we just came removed from the Super Bowl two weeks ago, but the story of the offseason so far and what's constantly getting in rotation through your major websites and TV and NFL Live and NFL Network is what the Chicago Bears and what's happening with Justin Fields. Uh, the Russell situation has probably not gotten as much run as I thought it was going to get nationally. But Justin Fields has done the, the traditional move that this young generation of athletes does. He went ahead and he removed and he stopped following the Chicago Bears. Okay. That's I you know that has become like the the uni the unified bat sig- bat signal. If I stop following, that should tell you that I'm not happy or I want gone. But anyway, so he has stopped following the Chicago Bears on social media, and there are odds released now on where his landing spot is. I want to go on two things. I want to talk about the odds, and then I think I had it here. I think it was NFL. I think it was NFL.com that had put out four potential trade scenarios uh, for Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. But do you have the odds in front of you? 
I don't have the odds. What I do have is Justin Fields' response to okay. him unfollowing the Bears on social media. Let me see if you buy this or not. And I can tell you a little bit more on this, too. He said, why do people take social media so serious? I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollowed the Bears and the NFL accounts. I'm just trying to not have football on my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. I mean, the explanation, semi, I would say at 20%, maybe 25% would make sense and could be believable and maybe he's telling the truth. But I would tell you my response to that would be, you necessarily don't have to unfollow Thank you. the team. You can just turn your notifications off. You can also hide just posts turn from thing. certain accounts. So, um, again, man, it, I didn't know that. You're updating. I didn't have that piece of information of him already responding. But then it just goes back to, I hate keep regards, but sometimes, you know, like Jay-Z once said, sometimes you don't brag. They're going to act like you're on your ass. So I hate to always kind of say I told you so. But it goes back to what I'm telling you that these athletes don't they want to control, you know, like like they look at even even athletes from NFL, baseball, hockey. okay, they look at LeBron and they look at him and they want that control and they want that power. They want that say so, but they don't want the smoke. They don't want the bad PR that comes along with it. They don't want to be not liked. And and that by him responding to that, that's what it smells like to me. Like, you already know when you say, well, why does people take social media so serious? Man, you know what how fan bases are and how the media perceives when an athlete follows the team, unfollows the team that he is currently employed by. Come on, Justin. Don't play country dumb on me. Okay. Now, the reality of it is now. Well, why you find the odds? Because I do. I, the only one I will tell you, of course. I think I saw it at minus one thirty. Chocolate City, aka the ATL, is favored. Okay, um, but before we went on the odds, I was going to look at some of the trade scenarios. But go ahead, unless you got the odds. I do have the odds. Okay. So the Steelers coming at plus three fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England Patriots plus seven hundred. Chicago Bears, to stay with the Bears, is sitting there at plus 750. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get 10 to 1 odds with the Broncos, 12 to 1 with the Commanders, 12 to 1 with the Raiders, 35 to 1 with the Buccaneers, uh, 35 to 1 with the Seahawks. Huh. 10 to 1 with Denver, so you're saying there's a chance. Um. That's from the New York Post. They had, yeah. um, what what do they have? Partners. What do they have in Network and DraftKings? Was I right on Atlanta minus one thirty? Yeah, they're one thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find what the Vikings plus five thousand, Seattle plus thirty five hundred. Yeah, that's throwing money away and going there. Um, I, I would tell you that uh, for one, he's from the Georgia area. Remember, he was recruited by Kirby Smart in Georgia. And to be honest with you, if Kirby didn't tell him to kick rocks, Kirby would have probably had one more national championship than he does right now. Um, You know, that's one. So if you look at him from that area, you look at the fact that he played, well, he was there for a cup of coffee at uh, Georgia 
that makes and you look at the Atlanta Falcons in regards to their need at the quarterback position. And I keep hearing these experts tell me about all these weapons in Atlanta. God, I get it. But I still don't know on an NFL level what is real the potential of Pitts. What is the real uh, potential of B. John Robinson? I mean, unfortunately, uh, they had Arthur Smith, who really just felt like, I mean, he coached like his dad was the founder of FedEx, period. Like with no, I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, he wasn't a horrible coach, but some of that offense he designed. So all these weapons we talk about, what do we really know? In the receiver, London over there too. Yeah, Drake yeah, London. Drake London. Yeah. Okay, so that will tell you it makes sense why they are the favorite. And on top of that, what I've always, and I've never apologized for it because it's true to it, whether people feel uncomfortable admitting that or not, but also why they're the favorite is because at the end of the day, an Af- a African American quarterback in Atlanta, it, it just basically Arthur Blank knows this. It, it's it's a different type of feel. I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, it's the population. You know, people try to deny it forever. You know, Utah would draft in the Jazz would draft more to the cater of who's showing up with their audience. And people get offended by that. But at the end of the day, that's also business too. I mean, you're what your clientele or what who you know is coming to the game, somebody they can identify with. Um, that's huge. And 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 Justin Fields in Atlanta, man, you know. Um, if they get it, the, the right offense and everything like that. Um, I can tell you right now, if, if Justin had his choice, that's probably at the top of his choice if he had to leave out of Chicago. Um, but And that's why I've always gave credit, and I think that's one of the hardest things that, uh, to be honest with you, in my opinion, that's seven times harder. I, well, let me, I'll take five times harder. Baker Mayfield, then Baker Mayfield following Tom Brady. It was five times. Take that, magnify that times five of Matt Ryan following Michael Vick in Atlanta. There's people that still show up to Mercedes-Benz Domes to this day with seven jerseys on. And that's after that brother did a bid for dogfighting. So Justin would have that city eating out of the palm of his hand, especially the way that he plays the game. That 10-to-1 team that sits there, oof. Not too bad odds, you know, um, because one thing I will say like that, at least you know what you're getting, even without some of these top prospects coming out. But according to NFL.com, um, there are some trade scenarios that have been floated out there. Um, basically, uh, according to NFL.com, one of them involves the commanders. And one of them, uh, Bears would receive a 2024 first-round pick, uh, which is number two overall. They and, and what I like that they did with this, there's a point-ranking system that the NFL GMs and everybody has to go to to try to get value in a trade. And basically what they're saying, that particular first-round pick, number two overall, that's worth 2,600 points. Okay. Then you have the 2024 second round pick, which would be not. This is what what the Bears would be getting, which is number 36 overall. That's at 540 points. Then you get the number 40th overall pick, which is rated at 500 points, 2024. And then you get a 2024 third round uh, um, compensatory pick, and that's 100 points. And then the Commanders would receive the 2024 first round pick, number one overall, which is 3,000 points. 
that's a potential trade. So it gives you an idea what the commanders would do. And the commanders would only be moving up to what, Jonas? Right now, the commanders are sitting at three. Uh, no, they're at two. At so two. this is basically a, an opportunity to move from two to one. As NFL.com does note um, that we haven't had a two to somebody move up from two to one during the modern era. Yeah, and that and to give up that haul just to move up one spot, I can't do it. Um, you know, I've got to look at Drake May. I've got to look at J.D. Daniels. Um, there, there's other quarterbacks now. If 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 Caleb Williams is the only, you know, bona fide for sure starting quarterback out of this draft, then maybe. But I'm not giving up that haul just to move up one spot. Um, another particular one that was involved uh, was the Patriots, um, who currently sit at number three. With their number three, uh, 2024 first round pick, number three overall, the Bears would receive. That's 2,200 points. Uh, a 2024 second round pick, number 34, 560 points. 2025 first round pick, 900 points. And 2026 third round pick, 116 points. Um, and the Patriots would receive the first round pick, number one overall, which is 3,000 points. Um, that's still my – I mean, if you're the Patriots and – because I will tell you this, you know, everybody bona fide for sure has the Patriots taking a quarterback at that number. How do we know, especially with Gerard Mayo being in the building and understanding whatever disconnect there was with Bill Belichick and, um, you know, Mac Jones, whatever happened that year, trying to go with Joe Judge and Patricia as the offensive coordinator, not labeled an offensive coordinator. Wonder if Gerard Mayo just looks at that and says, you know, well, we're going to roll with Mac. We still got him on a rookie contract. We're going to let it roll one year. Now, some experts will tell you, if you're picking up this high, you got to get one of these guys. I see both arguments, but I just tell you there's a chance that the Patriots might not go quarterback sitting where they sit. Okay, just a thought. Um, the last one, uh, there's some couple other ones, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, well, one of them is you have Atlanta, uh-huh. and of course, if you're trading with Atlanta and you're and and Atlanta moving up to number one, Atlanta would be taking their quarterback then, and of course, this is no trade for Justin Fields, so. Do you and, and, and with those odds sitting there at minus one thirty, that field goes to Atlanta. Um, I, I couldn't really see them making the trade to take to get the number one overall pick instead of Justin Fields. So what you're talking about, just let's say this again, because right now what you're looking at here, I see the Falcons um, just hypothetically with the with the Falcons involved. They have the Bears receiving a 2024 first round pick, uh, which is eight overall. Yeah, so they'd go from one to eight. Wow, they got B. John Robinson added in this as well. That's a let. That's considered the, the 1,120 points. And then 2024 third round pick, 74th overall. That's 220 points. Then 2025 first round, 926 second round. And the Falcons get a running back in return, like a throw-in. Yeah, Khalil um, Herbert. Well, he's, he's a solid running back, but you get Khalil Herbert yeah. and then the opportunity to pick first overall. So what your take is, what you're trying to say is if you're Atlanta, you don't really see Atlanta making that move with Chicago. No, well, not because, not for because these trades. These yeah. these trades are 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 if the Bears are going to keep keep Justin Fields, 
right? Because if they're gonna if if they're if they're gonna move on from Justin Fields and they're gonna take first overall pick, that's what they would do, right? So this so this article is assuming that they're gonna keep Justin Fields and move the number one overall pick, which is why we're talking about mo- swapping picks with the Patriots to be able to move up to one, or swapping with the Commanders to move up to one. This is assuming that if the Bears wanted to keep, we're looking at right. potential returns. Right. So if you're trading back, then you're trying to add other pieces to put around Justin Fields, um, like a Bijan Robinson coming out of Atlanta. So you're trying to say if the Falcons are not going to get Justin Fields out of it, why would they do it? That's well, what you're it, saying. It's just a hint at their approach. I mean, if we're sitting here, if we're sitting here today and we just talked about the odds are minus one thirty that he ends up in Atlanta. What are the odds that the Atlanta Falcons would be interested in trading up to the first overall pick? It's got to be somewhere around what plus ten thousand or whatever. Well, it, and not necessarily because it depends on how bad that Atlanta feels they need a quarterback. Because yeah, if but, you but, but would you go with a rookie quarterback like Caleb Williams and the opportunity to take him first overall, giving up Bajon Robinson in this in this trade scenario to do so, or would you just say you know we'll, we'll just trade for Justin Fields? Bring him well, I think well, we, don't, I, we don't need Caleb Williams. We'll take an establishment. Well, yeah, of course. Of course, I think that they're. If you're looking from the Atlanta Falcons' perspective, I think they what they would want to do is trade for Justin Fields. They're not trying to really trade for the number one pick to get Caleb Williams. Well, in this scenario, they're trading yeah. for the number one overall pick, yeah. not for Justin Fields. They're acquiring Khalil Herbert, so yeah. you could maybe see that kind of scenario play out. They wouldn't have to. The Falcons wouldn't have to give up Bajan Robinson because there's more value coming back from the Justin Fields piece. I can tell you right now, the only trade that's going down between Chicago and Hot Atlanta is to get Justin Fields. They're, so, they're, so this one here, you don't think that's even no? Happen? That that's just filling on a slow day. That I, no disrespect to him, but that's like we don't need to waste time for that. Because where is Atlanta picking? Uh, they pick number eight overall, which is why when you right. break down the point system, they'd have to add points to re- help reach that 3,000, right. and that's where they would have and to put so, in a, a piece like and, and, John Robinson. And the reason why I asked you where they're picking is because if they're if – they, let's say they they can't trade for Justin Fields. They're not going to trade for Justin Fields. But they still – Atlanta needs a quarterback. If, if they're going to still get a quarterback, they can move from eight. It's a lot cheaper for them to move from eight to four. Maybe they move eight to five or move up three or four spots instead of moving up seven. So that's why, yeah, he could have saved that. He could have left that one out. That's not – they ain't trade. The only trade that's going down between ATL and Chicago is for Justin Fields. That's the deal. And and I would just tell you at this point, and it's a good point that you bring up, that this is all looking at the angle of the Chicago keeping Justin Fields. From a, the history of that organization being as cheap as they were, and I know the Spano family just surprised us all with the hardball hired investment, but they are going to look at to reset the market at that quarterback position. And I feel like they are going to be taking Caleb Williams at one. I will be shocked if they go other ways by this point of the game. Fields is plus 750 to stay with the Bears. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. 
Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 